What's up, Pod Nation? Welcome to the Podio Slave Podcast. Here with my friends, Anthony and Tony. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, man. What's up? What's up? How you doing, Nate? You doing good? I'm doing excellent because we have a fourth person in the house today. Who's that? Who do we got here tonight? Yeah, me, Greg. Hey, it's Greg. Greg's back. <laughs> Greg. Greg's Greg back. Bergdor. Greg Bergdor. Formerly Zebrahead. Yeah. Are we, uh, Hell am, yeah. Am I, am I the first three-peat? You are. Yeah. Oh, you are. Sweet. You guys promised me that? Yes. Promised. Oh, yeah. We, we haven't had anybody on twice. So you, oh. you're the first. Oh, I'm way ahead of the pack now. Yeah, you're, you're, yep. you've got the big lead right now. You're the, the, the lead <laughs> horse. Everybody else is chasing you. Under promise, over deliver. I wonder if yep. I... What, can I be fourth before anyone is too? That, I mean, that's that's highly likely at this point. Yeah, yeah. you've signed the contract already verbally. Um, All right. But we do keep our promises. Like you said, you're, we're happy to have you back on. We're also happy to bring back the wheel. Nate's Spin really the happy. wheel. I'm yeah. so happy. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. It's not quite the physical wheel. We were talking about it earlier. Uh, until we have a budget, anyone that wants to Venmo us some money, we definitely yeah. want to replicate the spin the wheel on the price is right. It's just really expensive. We looked into it. So for now we have a digital wheel loaded with some really cool questions for Greg. You gotta put you gotta say what your Venmo hand, handle is uh, yeah. so uh, people we, know we where should, to send the money. We should probably set up a Venmo handle first. <laughs> now we need a Venmo account. Shit. <laughs> so Nate, what are the questions about? So the questions that we have for Greg, you know, we thought about different subjects like I don't know, what was it like growing up? Like What's it, you know, how do you repair your car in this situation? Like things that were a little irrelevant. We <laughs> thought we'd stick to nerdery. So we said, what is it like to be a touring musician? And we just pumped out a bunch of questions in the spin the wheel that we can put Greg on the spot and uh, get all our answers, question, all our questions answered from our, from our youth. Yeah. <laughs> quick quick sidetrack on. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Tangents, baby. laughs> getting off track already. No, no, do it. You, you uh, jokingly said, you know, uh, how to fix your car. So yep. let me tell you a little story about my first car. <laughs> nice. Perfect. <laughs> so I, I graduate high school, you know, the family's sitting around at dinner and I, I get the card from my dad, you know, it says, happy graduation. Congrats. Yeah, you made it. I open it up and a little a pink slip falls out. I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> nice. I, I pull up the pink slip. I look at it. And I'm like, 1971 Chevy. Wait, dad. This is your broken down workshop truck that's been sitting in our driveway for three years. It doesn't run. He says, yeah. I said, well, I don't know how to fix trucks or cars. And he says, yeah, well, you can learn. I'm like. So you had a car, but you, you needed to figure out how to get it on the road first. So, yeah, yeah. My, my first ever car, my dad gave me a broken down, his old broken down shop truck. <laughs> it's nice. literally been sitting in our driveway for two or three years. That's awesome. And, how, how many miles? Uh. You know, it, the odometer rolled so many times on it, I had no idea <laughs> how many miles it already had on it. But it was, like, totally rusted over. It had some extra suspension because my dad was, a like, a, an engineer. He made molds, so they used it to, like, haul giant, um, like, metal injection mold uh, around. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was great for hauling gear until <laughs> yeah. it broke down to a point that I couldn't fix it. But, uh, yeah, it it didn't. You know, this is before the internet, <laughs> so you had to go yeah. to, you know, Track Auto or whatever, and mm-hmm. buy the year model of the car that was, you know, in the rack of catalogs of manuals and books, and then it had instructions on how to fix things or part numbers and how to order them and what order. And uh, I had to change what I have to change. I had to change the water pump 
the hoses because they were all cracked, the belts because they were all cracked, um, the thermostat inside the water pump, um, like in the hose that went to the radiator, and the starter. And I was pretty impressed with myself at 17 to, <laughs> to actually do that, never working on so cars you, before you or knowing anything again. about it. I did. Run nice. Did you uh, try to roll back the mileage like on Ferris Bueller's day off? <laughs> no, it didn't matter. The truck was so beat up. Like I literally just spray painted on it on the side because nice. nice. there was so much rust. I, I spray painted high. It was a little <laughs> wavy guy. Nice. People, would, people would drive by and honk at me. And be like, hey! That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, we're going to talk about cars for the rest of the night. If you guys are, uh... <laughs> this isn't the episode for nerdery. Sorry. No, just kidding. That's my only car story, really. Nice. So oh, what have you been up to, Greg? You, you've had the Bourbon Brothers stuff. I've seen you guys have been gigging a little bit. What's been going on in your world? Yeah, we've been, uh, well, I've been uh, knee-deep with kids all the time still. Um, is yours uh, sleeping through the night yet, Tony? No, not even close. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry we're, we're still struggling with that. And that's why I got bags under my eyes. <laughs> and it sounds like I have a cold because uh, I'm, I'm all run down. Uh, uh, allergies? Do you get allergies up there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Falling. Yep. I didn't know I had allergies till I moved from California to Georgia. And I was like, why am I, am I, am I sick all the time? What's going on? Nope. I need to take Zyrtec every day, yep. twice a day. Yep. <laughs> and sometimes that doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, kids. Uh, band's going good. Uh, nice. Playing a ton of shows. We actually played five shows in four days this last weekend. Uh, let's see, a couple restaurants, uh, bars, a uh, Georgia steeplechase, a little swanky pinkies at the event and then uh wedding way out in huntsville a little, little bit of the travel um, awesome. so it's like you're on tour this, almost <laughs> <laughs> uh we do have like a uh, end of june we had three dates out in savannah so it's a little little mini weekend tour nice and nice so, uh, that'd be fun uh great restaurants out there that uh they'd bring us out a little restaurant group so we'll be at we'll be at collins quarter forsyth at the park where the uh, like the big fountain is, like the right in the center of town there. Uh, we'll be out on Tybee Island at the deck, and we'll be at uh, the Fitzroy, which is like a block up from uh, the Riverwalk Landing and stuff. Savannah's great. That's a great place yeah, to cool go. Town. Yeah. Oh yeah. Second most haunted city in America. Oh, we did all those tours. Really? We did a, a, <laughs> a ghost, ghost tour, drinking, a drinking yeah. ghost tour. Yeah. It was kind of foolish, but. It was entertaining. The guy was very passionate. I'll tell you that. Uh, the guy who does our, a, uh, our intro theme song is, uh, he's a ghost hunter, ghost hunter, uh, UFO hunter, all that stuff. So yeah, <laughs> we love that shit. Does, does he hunt squatches? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He writes music about him. He does the whole nine yards. Definitely. Man, now I wish I added a UFO question to the spin the wheel. We can do it off, after the fact. Off the cuff, yeah. 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 <laughs> so Greg, we... um. When we were thinking about this segment, we uh, were thinking about just doing a touring episode of us just talking about touring. You know, like, I don't even know what we're, the idea was. But then we <laughs> thought, you know what? None of us have ever gone on tours. <laughs> yeah, right? So I think <laughs> we, for real. We, we know a guy who uh, has toured. <laughs> How long did you tour, Greg? How many years? Oh, I, I guess 97 to, when did I leave? <laughs> 2005, six. Wow. Somewhere in there? So, so about 20 years. Yeah, pretty close. You know, a veteran of the touring game for close to 20 years, you know, we knew that we wanted to bring you back, like we said, and the wheel. All signs pointed to the wheel 
So what we've done is we've populated the wheel with what thirty questions that we came up 25. with. Twenty five. We got twenty five questions. We won't do them all, but we do have twenty five. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but we'll spin <laughs> the wheel. I think we got some great ones. Yeah. You you have to answer them. No questions asked. You have to answer yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. I want to sign out with my computer now, just so I can see all the questions. So who wants to start us off? You want to start us off, Tone? Yeah, I'll start us off here. We'll spin the wheel right now and see what we got. She's spinning. 25 questions coming at you real quick. What is the first one? Yeah, right. We need some sound effects in here. All right. Any pre-show ritual that you just had to do before any show? Oh, uh, I mean, I always, I, I stretched, I warmed up. I would, I would play for hours before we went on, uh, just cause a lot of times I was bored. <laughs> um, we were like, uh, now I get, you know, you go walk around during the day, you get back for sound check. Um, once you have sound check, you know, maybe find something to eat and then just a warm up. Like one of my favorite parts of the day, if, especially if it was like we were headliners um, and we're the, uh, actually, sorry, if we were one of the openers and uh, we would be the f- last ones to sound check because you sound check headliner first and then back and line forward. So if we were the first to play, like we would be the last ones to sound check, and then I would have the stage to myself. So like people would leave and go do whatever, and then I would just be in an empty auditorium or you know hall or bar or whatever it is we're playing. And uh, I would have taken this pedal out of my pedal board if not for this, just to have it there. And it, it's a line six delay pedal, but it has a loop feature in it. So I would you know loop four chords into it, and then. I would just play by myself in a giant hall and rock out by myself. It would be so fun. I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. That is great. But uh, yeah, outside of the stretching, you know, warming up, uh, I would, I would, <laughs> I would not start drinking until the first band went on, unless we were the first band, uh, in which I wouldn't start <laughs> drinking until doors. Otherwise, it, it could get out of hand. Like there was, <laughs> there was a time uh, we were in Munich and we went to Hofbrauhaus House and we were day drinking before the show. It's like I didn't make it. Oh wow! <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> oh wow! I always, I always wondered that. Like, do bands just start if they do partake in that? Do they start like during their their so their own set? Do they pregame? Because you got to be on your A game, you know, especially for some of the complex stuff that you guys played on guitar. Yeah, definitely. Like you don't, I don't want to be like hammered, but you know, it does happen from time to time. <laughs> but uh, like, I, def- I definitely didn't want to be up there stone cold sober either. Like, right. Yeah. Got to be loose. Yeah, a little bit. Cause you, you know, you, you make mistakes. And if I'm this, the shows that I did play that were sober, uh, it's like you make a mistake and then I just focus on it for like the next four songs before I could like get past it. Whereas, like, even if you're on beer two or something, you make a little mistake, you're like, whoopsie, and you just keep going on, like, and, and you, you just brush it off real quick, and it doesn't really affect me. But yeah, I would definitely, like, God damn it, three songs ago, I fucked that up. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I think I heard that one time when I saw you. <laughs> Why is the guitarist just whispering over his microphone? <laughs> hilarious um, we, were t- we were talking about like when we play like you know billiards or darts or cornhole or whatever like 
like once you get to that two beer buzz, you start playing better, you know? So I almost yeah. wonder like what you're saying, like, you don't want to be sober. You want to get like a little buzz depending on the situation. So we can relate. <laughs> that's a, that's the extent, extent of what we can relate to, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say this is a ritual, but there was a, gosh, I don't even know when it was. We were on tour with Real Big Fish and Goldfinger and us and the first band, I think it was the matches. And I'm sitting on stage watching Real Big Fish play after I'm done. And I see something fly through the air. And then it, it hits the like the back curtain and falls down. And I was like, was that that? I just saw Elmo fly through the air, didn't I? <laughs> Did, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm a little buzzed, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw Elmo. So I, I get up from where I'm sitting and I, and I walk back behind the stage and I'm I'm like looking around and I'm like, there it is. Hey, Elmo, will you be my friend? <laughs> and he's he's a little he's he's in my bag downstairs right now, actually. No way. Still, but, you uh, still have him? <laughs> oh. From that literally from that show on, the next show, like Elmo stood on top of my aunt. So Elmo <laughs> it goes like the little strap that you know you, you pick up your aunt by. He sits under my under that strap. I put his legs under there and I put him there and I give him a little fist bump before we go on. That's awesome. And uh, if you watch our videos after that, he's in, he's on top of my aunt for every video. If he's for photo shoots, he's either in my pocket or like he's somewhere you can be seen. Like he goes everywhere with me. Even if he's on like vacation, like I take him to my backpack with me. He was in my pocket for my wedding. <laughs> you heard it here first. Check out all the videos. <laughs> He's uh he's even on like the Bourbon Brothers stuff. He still sits on like he's my mojo. I, I <laughs> just, can't. We hang out. <laughs> I cannot wait to go back and like look for him now in different videos and like <laughs> holy shit! I know I know Elmo. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, somebody in Japan noticed that he was always there, and then they gave me like a second Elmo, like a newer one, because the one I had, like he's still he's pretty beat up. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I have to sharpie his eyes back on every couple months because it's <laughs> all worn out. And uh, so now I have two sitting up there, but uh, only one like really goes on vacation with me. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. Jeez, that's a good start right there. Yeah, that's right. I, I guess that's I guess that's a little bit of a ritual. Like Elmo goes with me. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who's who wants to read the next one? Nate, you're up. I'm up. Okay, cool. All right, spinning Spin the, the wheel, wheel baby. Ooh. I like Greg's got the noise cover for us. Ooh, all right. Ooh. Ah, perfect. You might have somewhat answered this because I think you do at least, but do bands practice a lot before tour? So basically as a full band, rehearsal and so forth. Ooh. I would say that depends on the band. I know <laughs> yeah. a lot of bands. I remember a lot of bands would just like meet there and start playing. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but uh, it depends on the band. Um, Zebrahead, I mean, when we all lived in town, I guess I was the first one to move out of town. When we were all there, um, even when we were home from tour, we had a pretty, pretty, like I want to say rigid, but like we were, we were all in. Like we, we, you know, we were very aware that like we were a working class band, and uh, you know, we got to keep the machine going. You got to keep writing new songs. You got to put out new records and um, keep the album cycles going. So we would get home from tour we would take like a week maybe two weeks off to just unwind and uh then we'd be back at it we'd practice monday to thursday uh religiously like wow like it was a work week 
and we take Fridays off <clears throat> in the weekend and then back at it next week. I would say until I moved out of town, like we would just practice all the time. Um, so it wasn't like we practiced for the upcoming tour. We would just, we were just practicing. Like we were writing, like trying to write new stuff all the time. After I moved, I don't know how much the guys practiced too, because Maddie was out of town <clears throat> living in Vegas. So I would usually fly in a couple of days before. <laughs> and then the further it got on and like the set wouldn't change, I was like, can I just meet you guys in Europe? Like, yeah, I know the songs. I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> with, yeah. With yeah. I, I remember them now. <laughs> um, but they were, they were like, yeah, we don't. Can we please practice? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I was flying like the day before we were flying back out. <laughs> and uh, we just run through the set and then some outlier songs that we would, with good intention, think we were going to add into the set, but we'd end up playing like the same. 15 songs anyway. Yeah. yeah. We've always wondered that. Cause like, I feel like every band we see is sounds tight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it could be just the acoustics. It could be, you're distracted by the light show, you know, whatever it may be, but that's interesting. And it sounds like you guys took it pretty serious, at least when you lived all in the same area. I mean, we still took it seriously when we were gone. I just, maybe me personally felt like, come on guys, we've been playing. We've been playing these MFDB songs for a decade. Like, are we really going to practice this? <laughs> you know, and, and then it's hard to change the set, too, because it's like the, the super fans want to hear, like, you know, the, the B-sides and the, and the deeper cuts on tracks that are, you know, probably more of their favorites than, say, like the singles or whatever the videos were. Mm -hmm. But, you know, 90% of the crowd is probably, like, their first or second time seeing you or, you know, third or fourth. Or, it's not like... You know, there's a handful of people that come to shows that are like, yeah, I've seen him a dozen times. I'm traveling, you know, 300 miles and we're going to go watch the next week of shows. Like, you know, th there's a few, but there's not a lot. And it's like, do you try and make those two dozen people happy? Or are you trying to make the other, you know, 700 people that came out to you to, to see the show happy to play all the songs that, like, they recognize and know? So it was always, like, a weird juggling balancing act of like what you're you as an artist feel expected to play versus what you can slip in there without trying to be like so weird that like i remember seeing cheryl crow live and she played uh what was that first big hit she had the uh all i want to do, all I wanna do. Yeah. and she played it so weird i was like the song's unrecognizable like oh, it, it would it turn me off to it's like I get it. You're probably sick of playing the song. I yeah. get it. But come on, man. <laughs> right. I'm, I haven't uh, heard I can, it. I haven't heard it. <laughs> like I want to hear it this way. And I got some uh, weird avant-garde version of it. Like Yoko Ono produced it. Where I was like, God <laughs> damn it. What is this nonsense? <laughs> I I love that you've been on both sides of that. Like you you can you but you've been in both seats, right? You've sat on stage yeah, and been absolutely. like, All right, I, what do I do here? I wanna do we wanna change this up or do we wanna play it <laughs> the way they wanna hear it? And then you've been in the crowd and been like, play it the way I wanna hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say as a fan, like I think the only time I ever ever enjoyed the a different rendition is if it's just a faster tempo because it's more punk rock. But yeah. in terms of like rearranging the song altogether, like Bob Dylan does that, it's annoying. Yeah. A few other bands I've seen do it. It's just like, ah, I guess it's time to take a pee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a weird juggling act to try and keep yourself entertained, but still be entertaining of what people paid their money to go see. Yep. Totally. Twan, you ready? Let's do it.
Another spin of the wheel. Spin, spin, She's spin. Ooh. All right. This is a kind of a unique one. So when you tour internationally, do you bring your merch with you or do you have your merch made where you go? And this is like a deep cut nerd nerd question. <laughs> That's a very very astute business question. <laughs> uh, at first we were bringing literally boxes upon boxes of shirts <laughs> with us. And then that got real old real fast with all the boxes and uh ben had done the math on it and was like dude it's going to be way cheaper than if we go through this other company that's there and and so all of us were just like Fuck. well all right fine <laughs> after time though we ended up meeting some people in wales and they would print our shirts and um it was more it was better it was cost more cost efficient to have him print our shirts and then for our European shows. And then he would either drive out to the first show or uh, we had his, his band opened for us a bunch of times too. It was uh, the guy's name was Neil and he was in attack attack. And uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, what was his band after that? Um, I'm, I'm brain farting on the, the band after they had a couple of member changes when they had a new name, but uh, yeah, he was great. Um, I think he's probably still does their merch over there. But he would print our shirts and, and uh, have them made so that uh, we didn't have to carry them on the plane anymore, uh, at least to Europe. And then Japan, after a while, we just ended up using the uh, the big festival over there that we always played, um, Summer Sonic. And uh, the promoter was uh, tied in with a merch company there. And uh, over time, we just were selling so many shirts um, at those festivals that it, it was ridiculous to bring as many boxes as we were selling. So we just went with their, their merch guy over time. And uh, then he ended up doing our tours and stuff too. So um, nice. the answer is both. <laughs> yeah. We started one way because we couldn't afford it or it was cheaper or we didn't know anybody. And then as we, our network grew and sales grew, like we just couldn't, it, it was, it was unrealistic to bring that many boxes over. I can just, I, I picture you guys walking down the airport with a uh, Gildan uh, or Haynes boxes. Just <laughs> Yep. Yeah, totally. Like we literally, we had stacks upon stacks of those boxes and we're like, uh, they're like, uh, each one of these is going to be like another 50 bucks. We're like, <laughs> rack them up. <laughs> Take the loss. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the cool thing about that though, is like, as a fan, if you're like a collector, like we all are, we started posting like all our ticket stubs and posters and stuff like that is like different tours especially internationally it's almost like a unique limited item for that country so you're lucky if you get it yeah the shirts yeah we tried we tried ben did a really good job of keeping track of the shirts and what sold what didn't sell and then um like if something would sell out reorder even mid-tour and then be able to pivot to like these shirts aren't selling at all looks that's the five dollar shirt since <laughs> nobody wants that one um, and then changing out the shirt designs regularly too, because you go back three times in a row and it's like all the same shirts and designs. Everyone's like, I already got those shirts. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so they don't buy them. <laughs> so yeah, there's gotta be a new rotation of shirts all the time too with designs. Did you ever send any of those, those shirts that have been sitting there for a while? Do you ever send any of them to like a third world country? Like they did with the Super Bowl shirts, the team that loses. 
<laughs> I've never heard that. That's this really what they do with this? Yeah, yeah. This this Patriots nineteen and 0 ones. I'm sure somewhere somewhere in the world that did never happen. That's awesome. I don't recall ever giving any away. <laughs> they just sit in a warehouse until they're all sold. Um, they might get packaged up like as like a bargain bundle or something, or mm-hmm. just super discounted. But yeah, I don't never recall giving them away to some homeless shelter or anything. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun though. Like, I, hey, I do. <laughs> I do remember this. Like in Japan, so they would give. They would have the the label would have all kinds of promotional stuff all the time, and uh, they had these little like like LL Bean type style bags that said Zebra Head on it with you know logo and for the new record, and uh, um, you, you couldn't smoke in the hotel and and even at the point where I had quit smoking at home, like I'd get on tour and I'm like, you get, you get back from the bar after playing a show. And I'm like, I want a cigarette, <laughs> maybe two. <laughs> and so I'd go down and out of the lobby and on, on sitting on the street and smoking a cigarette. And a homeless guy goes walking by and he's carrying all his stuff in one of these new Z bed promo bags. <laughs> <laughs> Watching him go by, I'm like this is, is is this mean I've arrived? If I made it, is this yes. what this means? Like this is <laughs> awesome. that is amazing. Oh man! All right, folks, that is the episode for tonight. Yeah, we yeah we don't. <laughs> three questions, three awesome stories. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. I actually just Let's... ran to my uh, little collection to grab this. I don't know if you remember this one, Greg. Zebra head hat. Oh yeah. And Ben Ben must be the merch guy because he signed the bottom of this. If you can see. <laughs> I would say finding getting Ben Ben and Ed were the hardest guys to get autographs for because they would like Ben would go back and like count numbers <laughs> and Ed would just be like, I'm the fat drummer. Nobody wants my autograph. I don't want to go out there. <laughs> and then when he did, if he stood there for more than 30 seconds and nobody like was like, Hey, hey, oh, it's Ed, can I get your autograph? He'd be like, God, see, so I don't come out here. I'm just standing here like a fucking door. I won't go back inside. <laughs> but like, but if it was me, Allie, and Justin, or even me, Allie, and Natty, like, we're just at the bar hanging out. So it's really, it was always really easy to find us. <laughs> nice. All right, next one. I'm spinning the wheel. All right, let's go, let's go. He's really committing to the bit, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that's perfect. Very accurate, too. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know what? You may have answered this, but I'm going to ask it again anyway because there might be something else. Most interesting thing you brought on tour with you? Anything? Oh no, you bought. You bought on tour. Oh, bought. Yeah. Sorry. Most interesting thing you bought on tour. So anywhere in the world. Oh, interesting thing. I I didn't put my glasses on, so you could either bought or brought. I I wouldn't. wouldn't (laughs) We we need glasses. You need glasses, Tom. Apparently. Um, Most interesting (laughs) thing I bought on tour. I'm going to go with uh, there. So we're playing at Bogarts in Cincinnati. I think we were out with 311, actually. And we, we get done with sound check. And we had played there before. And I, I knew there was a, a, a vintage guitar store like two doors down from the venue. And uh, so I went over there, just wandering around, like checking out all the awesome stuff that they have in there. Because it's not like, you know, you know, guitar centers are cool and all, but like it's all like Fender Squires or like, there's more low level stuff in there than there is nice stuff in there. But like this store was like, you know, one of these like uh, 
you know, Norman's rare guitars sort of thing. So, you know, it's like this boutique vintage shop. I ended up buying a, uh, it's, it's difficult to date because the uh, serial numbers don't exactly line up. So if you look it up online, the uh, serial numbers kind of give you a range of what year it could be. So I took the neck off um, to see what the number is in the, in the neck pocket. I think it's a 70, it could be 71, it could be 69, Wow! but I think it's 1970, uh, Fender Telly. And uh, I also bought a, uh, an old tape Echoplex that same day, but I had bought the Telly because it, it had these uh, Gibson mini humbucker pickups in the neck. I'm like, that's not standard. Somebody put, drop those in uh, and, you know, playing it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. This is a cool sound and a cool idea to put that pickup in this guitar. You know, I plugged it in when I got back to the to the venue, and uh, it was a little noisy because um, it, you know it's older, it just needed to be cleaned up a little bit. So I called my rep at Seymour Duncan Pickups at the time, and I told him the story like, "Hey, I got this new guitar. I just bought it. It's vintage. They got these old pickups in them. You know, I took a picture of the back of the pickup, took it out, like it got the serial number on it, and was like, "What? Can you tell me anything about it? Like what where it came from? What year it is? Like you know what?" what exactly is this? And uh, they said, oh, well, send it in and we'll see if we can't clean it up for you. So I, I box it up, send it in to uh, Seymour Duncan. They, uh, they call me back like a week later and, and they tell me, so we were asking around and Seymour was so intrigued by these pickups that he came down and did, did like took over on it and like did the research and figured out that he thinks they came out of a 1970 gold top les paul and then they said he he liked it so much that he personally rewrapped the pickup um <laughs> so i was like oh that's awesome because <laughs> seymour himself came and rewrapped my pickup and sent it back to me so I, th- I think that's probably the coolest thing i bought on tour guitar nerd i love it it's awesome that's awesome i thought you were gonna say he uh had a cash offer for it ready to go uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh he's, he's probably has a whole bucket full himself right? i don't know <laughs> But uh, I just thought it was cool that he he personally took the time out and did that and was so intrigued by it. And was like, oh, what a cool setup. Yeah, put that in a Telecaster. Well, and that's a guy who obviously has been around guitars a ton and sees something yeah. like that and gets excited about it. You're like, cool, I struck a nerve here. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, nerd sees nerd. Ooh, what is this? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so did you get a good deal on it? Uh, I mean, at the time it was. Someone, I was... I was playing a Bourbon Brothers show actually this weekend at the at a vineyard, and when we're done playing, somebody wanted to talk guitars with me because uh, my L four is I mean I want to say it's rare, but like it's it's a pretty cool talking point guitar. Like if if you're playing guitar, if you're a guitar player, and uh, we want to know like what other kind of guitars I had, and, you know, outside of this one, what would be the coolest one I have? And so I told them that story with that that Telecaster, um, and then I, I was like, or I mean just my my custom shop, Les Paul. <laughs> I actually told him a story about a, a coolest guitar that I didn't get, <laughs> too, which was uh, I, w- I went to go hang out with Cameron Webb in L.A. for a day because he was recording Motorhead, and uh, he was starting guitars <laughs> with Filthy Phil. And so I, I forget what studio they were at. It was, uh, I want to say Ocean's Way, because it, it was the studio, the... Uh, I think it's Ocean's Way that uh, who's the crazy guy that did uh, Ramones and uh, Phil Spector. Mm-hmm. Um, 
fired a gun bullet <laughs> through the wall in the studio and they left oh, a Jesus. bullet hole there oh yeah um, i think it's ocean way because it was that studio and i was like i want to see the hole where is it <laughs> <laughs> phil to phil have this old explorer in his guitar rack and i was like oh badass how much you want for it <laughs> or i was asking him what year it was first and he's like ah, i think it's like 70 something and he's like i hate the thing i i don't even play it i don't know why i brought it i was like oh really you don't like it how much you want for it <laughs> and, and then he 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 gave me a number that was like four grand five grand where it was and low enough to where i was like but it was high enough to where i was like uh, oh, man. Uh, no <laughs> it was like on the fence i was like let me think about it he's like all right you know where i am <laughs> and uh i didn't get it and i ended up later that week ordering from the gibson custom shop a new explorer and a custom shop les paul and when they were done building it like two months later i get them and they, they you know they get shipped in and i open up the explorer and i was all pumped and excited i was like fuck yeah new explorer and i pull it out of its case and the explorers i don't know if you guys know it. i mean it's a freaking tank the thing's got to weigh like 15 pounds like oh, wow. it, it should be a heavy 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 guitar like the kind that hurts to stand up and play with for more than 10 minutes a time and i pick it up and it's super light and i'm like what is this bullshit <laughs> and so i go i look it up online and all the new explorers like they routed out holes inside the bodies and so they made they they call them the tone chambers but they just made it light and it doesn't sound like the old 70s and 80s explorers sound because it doesn't have that same weight and that same wood to it and i was like god damn it i should have bought phil's <laughs> yep <laughs> well hit him up man maybe maybe now's the time uh, he probably wants 20 grand for it now yeah at this point maybe. <laughs> hey maybe he's listening right now yeah hopefully phil, cut me a deal <laughs> Man, the whole time you're saying I couldn't, I couldn't help but imagine the Wayne's World scene where it's in the glass case. Oh, it will be <laughs> yeah, mine. It will be mine. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should have bought it. I blew it. <laughs> Nate, you ready? Yep. Yep. I'm ready spin to spin it. Spin it. She's spinning. Nate's favorite wheel. Here it goes. That one didn't spin very long. Ooh. No, that was quick. Ooh, here we go. Does, it, does the wheel need to go around one rotation for it to be legal spin? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Same as Price is Right. Yep. We make the rules here. All right. Yeah. Let's see here. Name something about touring the fam the fans wouldn't know. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you've already you've already answered this question like seven times today, but <laughs> throw us another one. <laughs> there you you're not allowed to take a number two on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> So if you wake up in the morning and you need to go and the venue is not yet open and you've got something happening because you drank too much the night before, mm. it could be a bit of a problem Yeah, where you're like, you wake up and you're like, oh God, help. And then you, you get out outside and you look around and you're like, what city are we in? Where are we? Have I been here before? Where's there a Starbucks? Yeah, I know there's a Starbucks here. I think it's like three blocks over. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it through blocks. This could be bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, no, no, no number twos on the bus, which uh, at times could be a, a, a uh, difficult problem to deal with. 
Yeah. So unless you're Dave Matthews band, then you just dump it over oh the Oh boy. I was I was gonna say so if you're in a primary, <laughs> secondary, or tertiary market anywhere in the country, Starbucks is where the bands take a shit. Hey, Starbucks always clean. I love it. I love it. Is it because oh. coffee makes you shit? That kind of makes sense. <laughs> well, to be honest, like usually when I'd get up in the morning on tour, um, I would go hunt down coffee anyway. So if we'd been to the city multiple times, or at least the venue multiple times. I usually knew where the Starbucks was already. So like I'd get, get outside and be like, where are we parked <laughs> in relation to the venue? And then be like, all right, that way. <laughs> Two birds, one stone with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> coffee and you utilize the facilities. Uh, it would probably be even worse if you were like in a van together. Ooh, actually, no. Well, we never slept in the van. So the van, we would get hotel rooms. So you just wake up in the hotel room drop one off before you get back in and get to drive to the show. That's good. You weren't and, sleeping in the van and then also trying to take a dump in the van. That would have been, that would have been bad. <laughs> that been bad. Man. Well, the art, there was RV too. And that was another one where you're like, no, no deuces in the RV, even though it was like you, you guys were driving. Like we, you, we always drove ourselves with the RV. We never hired a driver. It, I mean, you could take a dump in the, in the bus, but the bus driver usually charged you like 400 bucks or something because he oh, didn't want to clean it out. And if you didn't oh, clean it out, then you're just driving around with the shit in the tank and then it stinks the whole time. And then you got 12 other dudes doing, looking at you like, did you really just do that? <laughs> Fuck. Now we got to smell that for the next eight hours. God damn it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> of of yeah. all the things I thought of for answers for that question, <laughs> that, that not was one, not yeah. one of them. No. <laughs> A big practical joke, like I had heard, like he never did it to us, but I had heard like Fat Mike would go on uh, some other band's tour bus. He'd be like touring for the first time, be like, "Hey, cool guys, I'll hang out with you," and then go in their bathroom, take a dump, and fucking leave. <laughs> that sounds on brand for him. Initiation, right there. That's initiation. Right? You are now part of the fraternity. <laughs> Uh, and we've learned so much. Unless you're Gigi Allen, you can't shit on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would just shit in his hand and throw it at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, <he would. laughs> All right, Twan, I'm spinning it. You ready? I'm ready. Tick, 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 That one was slower. All right. So this is a good one. So do you look at other bands through a different lens knowing what goes into touring? So like it's easy for us to dismiss bands because we're not musicians and we don't know what goes into it. But do you have a different lens knowing the, what it takes to be in a band and tour? <laughs> I, I want to say no, but the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, my, my ex-wife after a while would say, this, can you don't just don't say don't make any comments during the show like <laughs> you say you ruin it for me sometimes i was like what do you mean she's like yeah i don't i don't you you tell me things that are happening on stage that i don't really notice and then then i i start focusing on it and then i i get all saddened and like oh i really like this band but now i'm depressed about it or you know <laughs> like i <laughs> i've like i've ruined the the magic trick for for like I'm trying to remember who it was. 
actually, I, I'll tell the story and not name names now that I remember who it is because I don't want to bad mouth anybody. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we went to a show that she wanted to see. And I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, we're out in the crowd because uh, even <laughs> there reached a point too where I was like, oh, I don't want to go stand out in the crowd. People are going to run into me. I just want to drink my beer in peace. And like, mm-hmm. just, and, and if I would go stand in the crowd, I'd go stand by the soundboard because uh, that's like, the guy who's making the sound that's where he stands so in my mind like that's the best place to sit like of what it's going to sound like so i'm sitting there and plus you can see more stuff that's happening like what's he doing oh what else is going on back here (laughs) (laughs) i'm watching band play and uh it's like her favorite ballad that comes on and i'm like rolling my eyes and there's like a harmony that's happening but i only see one guy on the mic and then like strings section comes in and I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay. And then so I, you know, I lean over. I'm like, do you see string? Anybody playing strings on stage? And she's, <laughs> oh, and she's, she's like, she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, do you hear violins? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, do you see violins? She says, no. I'm like, this is all I got right now. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, God damn it! Why stop it? <laughs> But uh, yeah, I would do that all the time with like backup vocals or harmonies. And I'm like, uh, I hear one, three, five, and a seven, and there's like one guy singing on a mic and two guys jumping around, and I'm like, that that's not really happening. <laughs> so I, I guess in a sense, I, I would see a lot of bad things happening or yeah. things that weren't really happening that were happening. Where you're like, they're rock bands, so you you know everybody expects rock bands to be playing but a lot of times there's there's some it's a stage show at the end of the day like yep. you, know, you know a lot of times it's like a britney spears show yeah here i'll bad i don't want to say this is bad mouthing but um, but when we played a, a a festival with uh marilyn manson and like john five was like his cabinet was mike he was playing guitar live outside of that Wow, I don't know if any of that shit was live. Wow, like, the, the vocals definitely—he <laughs> wow. was—he was definitely not singing the vocals. Um, if he was, like the mic was on, but the tracks were louder than what he's singing. The the yeah. drums were like, he's not hitting those very hard. <laughs> like, is he—is there even a nest like a need for that guy to be there? Um, <laughs> like the tracks were like it was very—it was all tracks. <laughs> it's a magic trick, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a, it's a show. At the end of the day, it's a show, and as long as people are entertained, like, ah, eh, fuck it. Yep. But totally. yeah, me being like, I guess, on the other side of the curtain, sometimes so I'm like, oh, well, that's not happening. Oh, that's happening. Oh, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. He just did that. <laughs> but yeah. So I yeah, I want to say no, but yeah, the answer is yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That makes sense. That's I mean. I, there, we pay attention probably more than most, but still, there's so much that I don't know what's going on up there. Like, um, um, it just, I could, I could stand next to you, and you'd be like, this, 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 and I wouldn't even know that. And I've been to, I don't even know how many shows, hundreds of shows. So, and you'd never go back to a show. I'd be like, damn it, <laughs> ruined shows for me. I'm sorry. Nah, you won't. Don't worry. I love that shit. Yeah. Uh, there's something to be said though about you know the difference between pop music like you almost kind of expect it like the whole Ashley Simpson on Saturday Night Live when, right yeah you know the auto track kept right. going she wasn't even she hadn't even started singing yet and it was like oh okay it's almost like forgivable because it's I hate to say it but it's a different genre when it's rock and roll you're like wait you don't practice or you you don't care enough to to carry out your notes or or whatever it is so 
Um, some of it's with age. I think Bono, he lost his voice on stage in Germany like th- two years ago. He was still singing, but like the like progression part of the song where he's like actually holding his voice like is a voice track. And you're like, oh, well, he is like 57 yeah. or nine, whatever. Yeah. So I guess it's okay. Yeah, I, I <laughs> but remember, to your point as a fan, you're like... Yeah, I remember on, on the Zoo TV tour, uh, I saw a clip of where um, they had started a song. And I think that, you know, ZTV is right about the time when they started playing, you know, because it's just the th- three of them, four of them. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, there's there's way more stuff happening in those songs live now than just, you know, those guys happening. Or, you know, right right about ZTV, like it stops becoming just like a rock band. Like yeah. it's, it yeah. starts having all this other stuff happening. And so they were playing with tracks, right? And I remember the tracks got so whacked out, like, a minute into the song they were just like stop <laughs> stop stop yeah sorry it's not the solo yet <laughs> sorry yeah, right. we're gonna start over <laughs> you're right they're they're a perfect example because they they were obviously started off small and and turned into the, the one of the if not the biggest band in the world at, at many points in their career and they're they're a legit stage show with all these other things going on to probably kind of distract you from some of the things that aren't actually happening on stage so yeah it's crazy all right we ready for another one yeah let's do it these are Frank good questions now. how long take you guys to think of these we uh, we've probably been long. talking about them for a little while yeah not not too bad uh we, we outsourced a little to our wives and, and friends and stuff too so yeah um spinning the wheel let's do this Ooh. It was like right on the line. <laughs> All right. Do you get to experience the cities you play in? Sometimes. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on the schedule. Depends on the schedule and where the venue is. How about that? And then how yep. determined you are to go see stuff. Like if it's your first time there. Um, I remember our first time in Paris. We had, you know, when we had, when we got there, I can't remember if it was maybe the beginning of Playmate or the end of Waste of Mine. I want to say it was like the beginning of Playmate. And, you know, when you're a young band, you're like, I don't know how long this roller coaster is going to last. So, like, you try and suck up everything you can, no matter what. And then, especially when you're younger, too, like, your, your battery goes a little longer. And uh, I remember we were out, like, the night before until, like, <sighs> 6 in the morning, something, something crazy, and got back to the hotel, kept drinking. I might have been like rested our eyes for like 45 minutes before we were like, let's go to the Louvre. (laughs) (laughs) Like we went to the Louvre for like however long we had, maybe three or four hours before sound check and like just went running through places. (laughs) Like Venus Milo. Cool. Next. Got to see it all. (laughs) Mona Lisa. Cool. Next. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, definitely like we definitely tried to earlier on just because you know we didn't know if we'd ever be back again Mm -hmm. i think by the by the time i stopped touring i think i'd been to the eiffel tower probably like 10 times and the last four or five times i was just like some new crew people were like i haven't gone you know it was like their first or second time there and they're like yeah i want to go see eiffel tower oh we're like i don't have anything else (laughs) let's go so you became (laughs) the tour guide at the end of it (laughs) no (laughs) Uh, we would usually get like, especially in foreign countries, there'd be people hanging out before the show. Like, I don't want to say hanging out at like three o'clock, like waiting for us, like with the Beatles or something, but like just people that fans that became friends over time. Yep. Yep. And uh, 
they'd come down to early just to hang out and uh they'd usually you know sightsee or translate or make, make life easier for us when we were getting around you know so that we don't get lost on the subway or the train or whatever so that would that would happen a lot but yeah we always tried to make a point of sightseeing um if there was time um there was definitely more time when, once we were like at, at bus status versus being in a van where you're like driving all day or because the bus like you go to you when you're, you bus call it two in the morning or something you get back on the bus and then when you wake up you're in the next town so you're like ah sweet here we are amsterdam that's kind of what i was thinking yeah like (laughs) if you have a bus there's a better chance of you having a driver so at least the band can sleep and and perhaps they're more familiar with the road you can get there more efficiently all that stuff yeah absolutely um yeah the van vans in europe they would come with the driver um and it would usually be like some younger guy who owned the van who wanted to hang out with bands and be on tour. And, uh, so, you know, he would drive and it would be his van. And in America, you know, you go down to, you know, some rental car place and you'd rent a van or an RV and then we'd drive it ourselves. So somebody draw a short straw and then you're like, you don't drive all night. You drive, you know, either to the hotel in the city that you're at, or if there's, you know, an eight hour drive, you try and get a couple hours in before, you know, you're too tired to drive anymore and then make the rest of it the next day uh, to get to sound check on time. And then th- like those van tours like that, it's, it, you know, all, you don't necessarily get a chance to see the city uh, that you're playing in because you're, you're driving the whole time. But buses definitely like it changes the game to where you just wake up in the city and you're like, New York, show me yeah. what you have to offer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's rad. I'm I'm, I'm kind of I wish we in in America had that job when I was 24 I absolutely would have driven a band around the country just to go on tour with them and yeah <laughs> right yeah, dude that would have been a blast yeah I don't know why nobody's ever like kids haven't thought of that in America like how come there's no college kids doing that <laughs> I would have done that I would have done that in a heartbeat when I was that age and now not so much but I mean that's you know it comes with age and yeah I mean I still might depending on the band but <laughs> All right, Nate, you ready for one? Yeah, let's go. And Greg, before I spin it again, whenever you say uncle, if, you, if, you, if you've had enough, just say, bro, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're spinning the wheel. I like hanging out with you guys. You should know that by now. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I like that this wheel is like almost every time it just barely creeps across yeah, the yeah. line. Oh, yeah, it's it's very like, You think realistic. it's going to be one, and then... <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Oh, here's a good one. How do you decide the set list? This is probably varies, but I'm curious on your personal experience, Greg. Uh, yeah, this is a, this goes back to the old the the previous one where it's like it's it's hard to uh, deviate from like what the set of what you you feel it might not even be true too. It's kind of what you feel that the your fans expect you to play is what you end up playing. And then, like, you try and pepper in some new songs, you know, because usually there's a new record that coincides with a new tour, right? Um, so whatever the, the single is off of that record, you you play that one. Like, I think for us, it was hard to find an opening song for a while. And then once MFCB came out, uh, we opened with Rescue Me from that point nice. on for a very long time. Such a great riff to open with. It makes sense. Yeah, because, like, 
you, you like the riff itself as well as like ed could be back there on the drums just kind of like banging on cymbals like as, as you know as we all walk on stage and yep. it's like the kind of kind of builds up and then you can you know cymbal clutch and then riff and then it, you know it just kind of kicks in um so it's i'm sure it's different for everybody um every band and every artist but I, I, like ours kind of evolved over time and then once it reached a point i i, I wanted it to continue to move on like i personally I, i'm i was probably the one that was the most easily bored with things um from an artistic standpoint so would always want to try and change things or mix it up <laughs> everybody else is like yeah <laughs> uh, i'm like ah all right I'd, I'd get like maybe one or two songs new like i I would go as far as like to try and push like let's just have a wacky day where we just play like a whole bunch of fucking b-sides yeah. i mean we could yeah. simply playmate if you guys feel like everybody's gonna fucking throw rocks at us at the bus afterwards if we don't play playmate <laughs> or something but like let's like what if we played blur and then we played juggernauts and then we played uh type a and then we went all the way back and played you know something off of yellow and everybody's yeah. like mm, no <laughs> no <laughs> you know what i was thinking about is like the last thing someone in the crowd wants to hear is uh when the band says y'all ready for a new song and everyone's like no. yeah yeah <laughs> and little do they know they're gonna love that next time you're touring but no like kidding. in the moment they're like nah man i don't know this song. i don't know like, this i'm gonna one. go take yeah. a yeah <laughs> yeah that one if, especially if you play it before it's been released like yeah. that's oh, yeah. super weird that that does not get a good response and if it does you're like oh shit that's the single that's i guess the one right there. That yeah. one. <laughs> so interesting to hear it from your perspective because like as fans like I think us three could agree with your sentiment where like, we want to hear those deep cuts. Like we're fans. We're here because we know all the albums up to this point, you know, front to back in the, you know, on the back of our hand lyrics, everything. So it's like, but we don't get to hear these songs for whatever reason. A lot of the times, like you go to radio shows, like I understand radio shows, you pretty much have to play the hits, but for like club tours and headlining tours, like those fans know, I would say, I don't know. I might be, you know, step in the gun here, but like majority of the music. So you'd actually be doing a service to everyone in there, maybe even filling bigger rooms based on the fact that you play deep cuts all the time, you know? Right. But I've been kind of waiting for the band to do, um, even after me, like, I, I, I guess some of the records hadn't been out long enough, but to do like, you know, when they had the, uh, say like, you know, 15th anniversary of, of MFCB or something, do a whole tour of just playing the record front to back. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. cool. Like, I've been kind of waiting for them to do something like that, or, you know, even um, doing a full the full record as a live stream during the pandemic when they they're not playing any shows. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> that's such a that's like an in, an invoke thing, right? The last what probably five to seven years too is yeah. bands revisiting, going on tour and playing a full record, and then playing some other stuff too. Maybe in the front or in the back of the set, but you know, getting down to brass sacks, here's, here's this record and playing it from front to back. Like people love that shit. Yeah. I don't know if this is a a question on the wheel, but one of my like most favorite tour memories was uh, like, you guys know my, one of my favorite bands is Metallica. Mm -hmm. And we had, we were playing a summer Sonic with them and we were like on main stage, maybe I think three bands before them. And uh, Metallica didn't want anybody like on stage. And 
the promoter because we, we we were so big in Japan. They were like, "Oh, you guys can stay if you want." And so it was the 25th anniversary for Master of Puppets. So they were playing Master of Puppets beginning to end, nice. and then wow. they were playing a bunch of singles afterwards. And so Metallica's on stage, and it's like the Zebrahead guys and crew <laughs> hanging out on stage, like watching the show. I was like. This is awesome. That sixteen-year-old Greg is so fucking happy with his so life right now. That's uh, sweet. <laughs> that is so cool. And the guys in Anthrax, that's like, nope, you gotta go. You're not gonna come see it. Sorry. Yeah. No. So this this space is reserved for Greg. Scott, Scott Ian is boom. the best. <laughs> I love it. He's still salty about it. Yeah, I'm in Megadeth. I was in Metallica. (laughs) You gotta beat it, buddy. Beat it. (laughs) Sorry, dude. (laughs) Oh shit! All right, who's? I forget who's next. I'm gonna spin it one Uh, more time here, at least. All right, she's spinning again. It was a big spin. This is one for a while. That was a good one. Yeah. See, right on the edge. In the middle. Oh, it changed. All right. All right. So, assuming you got a per diem spend per day on tour, what's the most interesting thing you ever bought with per diem money? So, with that five bucks the label gave you, would would you buy? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of food, I mean, like Subway, something else. <laughs> Honestly, I'm trying to think of like it was. I, we might have got PDs on like one tour in the very beginning, and the only thing we ever bought with it was beer. <laughs> Like we we spent it at the bar. Like yeah. it was because it was it was it was never more than like ten bucks, twenty bucks, like tops. I, I can't I don't even remember what it like it was definitely not enough to do anything fun with. Right. <laughs> well beer's fun, right? Yeah, what, is fun. Yeah. what <laughs> beer did you buy? I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Answer the damn question, Greg. <laughs> uh the beginning of touring, uh, I would have been a Budweiser guy. At the nice. end of touring, I would have been a Guinness guy. Nice. <laughs> nice. Or if they did not have uh, Guinness, it would have been just Jack on the Rocks. <laughs> smart, smart man. So you get one Jack on the Rocks with the. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we uh, gosh, I don't even think we gave our like text PDs like in the end. Like, that's your salary. What do you mean you want PDs? <laughs> you get this much a week. Use it how you see fit. <laughs> we want to do kind of a lightning round, like a quick, quick response type of thing. One more time. Yeah, okay. we can go around one more time. Go around one more time. We'll keep them. I mean, we'll keep them as quick as we can keep them, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you never know. I'm spinning it. I'm spinning it again. <laughs> I think this is me. That one's kind of jumpy. It's making my eyes hurt. <laughs> like Sorry. It didn't spin. Sorry. It, it didn't spin smoothly. This is a good one for a lightning round one. Favorite venue or venues you played over the course oh, of touring? Oh, wow. Yeah. Small, medium, large. Might as well draw it out. <laughs> Damn it, Nate. Uh, Stop. Okay. <laughs> uh, large, I'm going to go with uh, Chiba Marine Stadium. It was the uh, baseball stadium for the Yakult Swallows in uh, Tokyo. Nice. Um, and uh, that was, I just thought that was awesome to be like playing on a giant stage in a baseball stadium, like looking out. And you know all the seats. I'm like, this is pretty cool. And like, we would come in through the outfield wall too. So it's like, that's fun. We, we we'd be in the back, like pretending to rob home runs up against the wall before we went on and stuff. <laughs> I always wanted to bring like a wiffle ball bat ball and like play back there. Nice. <laughs> that would have been a blast. 
So big, big, I'm going to go with, yeah, Chiba Marine Stadium. Uh, medium, I'm going to go with Chicago House of Blues is really cool. It always felt like an old opera house to me with the, I think it's got three or four levels on it. And then it's got yep. the foundation room. Um, and like, like from stage, you could always backdoor to so many different places and just pop into places where you're like, boom, I'm in the balcony. I can watch the show. Boom, nice. I'm out in the crowd. Boom, I'm in the foundation room. And you're like, it was always like, ooh, there's so many secret ways to get around in here. Um, and then the venue was always really cool itself. It always sounded great on stage in there. So I'm going to go with Chicago House of Blues as, as the medium. And small, I'm going to go with, <laughs> I don't even remember the name of the place. It, it was in, in Turnbridge Wells. It might just be called Turnbridge Wells. But the place, like the first time we pull in, like it's in a park and there's this, outlier building in the park and you got to wheel your crap across this grass field because the parking lot is you know a couple hundred yards away and it always sucked trying to get your shit across there right and then you get inside it's a tiny ass you know structure there's no air conditioning there's no toilet seats on the toilets there's like you can't the, the sinks to wash your face or anything or brush your teeth you're like what is happening like it's a little, little push button on the water so like the yeah. water's done before you're done brushing your teeth or washing your face or getting the soap <laughs> off your eyes or something <laughs> and you're like what this place is such a shithole why are we here and the cap couldn't have been more than couldn't possibly be more than 250 200 tops wow. tiny and wow. and the the backstage behind the stage was a uh, it was basically a glorified closet like i like some of the beer league hockey rooms are <laughs> are way bigger than that was and to get to the backstage, like you have to go on stage to get backstage to go through there. Like you have to go. So if you're hanging out backstage while the openers are on and you want to go out to do something, you like got to walk through their set. To get That's, back amazing. That's amazing. That's <laughs> amazing. guys. I'm here's Greg. Back. He's just, he's going he's gonna to pee. Sorry, guys. <laughs> But the place would always be sold out because it's so tiny and it the, with no air conditioning the place was just like sweat is dripping off the ceiling and the walls and it was like it was really gross it, it yeah. sounded utterly hor horrendous in there but the place would always go off because it was so packed in it was so loud it, that like it was just it would be non-stop stage divers you know it was like it's just a parade of people on stage and jumping back off like That's it was awesome just in a, a dirty just a dirty club venue that that I'll, it was always a good time to play there even though it, it i mean essentially it sucked but it was just awesome because <laughs> it sucked so was, bad the energy, the energy was, was off yeah. yeah we love that we love shit like that that's that's awesome that's, that's yep. fun dirty dirty dingy basement sweaty baby, yep. clubs yeah, yeah. All right, Nate. i don't even know if i'd call it a club i don't know if it's true or not but i think some kid had told me like yeah, it used to be the public bathroom for the park, but then they got a new public bathroom, so they didn't know what to do with this. Wow, it all makes sense, Greg. Thank you for that. Uh, it all makes wow. sense. <laughs> this is where all the bands come to shit because they can't shit on the bus. Yeah, they can't shit on the bus. <laughs> the full circle moment. Full circle. Full circle. Full Speaking rotation. Speaking of full circle, here it comes. Spin the wheel. Um, is, is that a full Spin rotation? Full rotation, baby. Uh, what do we got here? All right. Festival slash venue that was a dream come true to play. In other words, somewhere you always wanted to play as a kid. As a 
Oh, for a venue? Mm-hmm. Or festival. Yeah, it doesn't have to be or a venue. festival. Yep, or um, festival. I'll, I'll, I'll go with both, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, the first time I went to the whiskey, I went to go see one of my dad's friends' bands play. Like, he, he was, like, an employee at my dad's shop. And, he, you know, he had some metal 80s metal guitar band. <laughs> and I was like, I, I would jam with him when I was a kid every once in a while. They're like, yeah, yeah, keep going, man. <laughs> and uh, so I went to go watch his band play at uh, the Whiskey Go-Go. And uh, the band after them that was the headliner you know, my, me and my dad stayed and uh, like halfway through the set, I was like, holy shit, holy shit. Like Michael Anthony from Van Halen walked on stage oh, and played wow. a song with him. And I was like, I had never seen Van Halen before. So I was still like maybe 12 or 13 at this point and hadn't been to like a, a, like a real big concert before. So I hadn't seen Van Halen yet. And I just, I was like, oh, that's amazing. And I was already like pumped being a kid going to the whiskey um for the first time with you know just like all the history that it has of all the bands that have played there um so when we played the whiskey the first time i, I thought it was that was pretty cool like oh man this is awesome this is we're on the scene we're we're here we're almost a real band if we you know i think it was for a showcase when we played there so i don't i don't think we were signed yet but it was like we were playing for labels um nice. so this is like we're close we're close <laughs> So venue, I'll, I'll say that. Um, and then uh, festivals, um, I'd probably say Warp Tour. Nice. Because, yeah. um, you know, like before, you know, um, my previous band, you know, we always wanted to be like, oh, wouldn't that be awesome to be on Warp Tour? Fucking tour Pennywise, no effects, bad religion. I'm like, this is an amazing tour. So when we got on Warp Tour for the first time, that was, that was kind of special. What year was that? I don't know the answer to that. We went on three times. I think the first one was 99. Nice. So that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 It was yep. awesome until Fat Mike shit on your tour bus, I'm sure. <laughs> 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 we definitely did not have a tour bus the first or the second time we were on, I don't think, actually. Um, I think we were in a van the first time, an RV the second, and in a, on a bus the third time. And uh, yeah, I, I will tell you, like, we used to joke, like, it became a running joke too. Like the uh, a warp tour would separate the men from the boys of mm. like people touring. Cause if you're out in a van <laughs> you got to drive, like the West coast drives would be brutal. Like they'd be 12 hour drive the next day and check-ins at eight in the morning. Um, so it's like, you got to play your show if you're at like three o'clock and then you're like, well, I guess we're going to pack up <laughs> drive to the next place. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yep. Either that or like you're in a van and then you're out in Arizona and it's 127 on the blacktop. Oh. <laughs> it's like, you're like, where do you go to escape the heat? And you're just like, I'm fucking melting. Yeah. <laughs> so hot. Well, that's something the fans wouldn't know. That's a good answer for that one yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Or might know, but not appreciate, but, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you're just out there all day. Damn. But yeah, those drives would be long on the West coast. And, uh, if, you, know, you, you miss check-in that they might tell you to go fuck off <laughs> you, you're never really sure <laughs> all right last one last Spin one let's make it Spin this is the encore greg no pressure play us a good song play us a classic i gotta give a good answer Ooh, nice this is a good one to end on end on it actually is. all right you ready for this favorite album cycle to tore off oh that's a hard one you're choosing your favorite kid right now <laughs> 
Well, and they both love you. The the favorite album or the favorite the favorite tours off of the albums? Give us both. Yeah. Okay. Are they different, or are they? The the smoke is coming out hard right Right? now. I mean, there were there were. Oh man, that's a rough. That's a tough question, actually. I mean, I I would say if we can backtrack from from the last time I was on and and talk about like three album runs, Mm -hmm. I would have said like for Zebrahead, for me personally, three album run would have been MFCB. Um, broadcast Phoenix, yep. and of those, man, my favorite tours though, like because the, the 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 longer we went on, like we were like in the in the first two records, even at MSDB, like the first three records or so, we were like the Rodney Dangerfields of of <laughs> being out on tour. Like we had no respect, yeah. and then <laughs> like the the more we went on. The longer we were out there, the more we made friends with bands that had respect or were like cool with us. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. To, um, to where it was like, oh, they wouldn't have hung out with us on, you know, broad, um, uh, like Playmate or, or um, Waste of Mind or something. But, you know, like by the time we're still there at like Phoenix, like, hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> And we would be friends with people that we wouldn't have expected to be friends with before that um, was, like, really cool to be a part of. I remember one of the last tours I was on with the band. I think I had mentioned, like, it was hard on that on that last podcast for the three albums. Like, I wanted to pick Lagwagon. And then when I was looking at the records, I was like, oh, I guess I really only listened to, to Trash and Haas over and over again. And... I mean, the next one it was the double platinum after that. And I was like, eh. Then last time talk about feelings was really good. And then before that, to book in was done. Was, or, yeah, done. And I'm like, eh, there's a couple good songs. But I wouldn't say as an album as a whole, like, his lights out. But in effect, like, huge Lagwagon fan. And then we did a festival with him towards the end. And we were on the same stage. And I think we might have been either, there might have been one band between us or they were right after us. And uh, so I just sat on stage and watched them. And like the techs were like looking at me, like, cause I was singing along to every, every song, <laughs> <laughs> you know, out loud, like not, not with my inside voice. Like, <laughs> and uh, we, we hung out with them afterwards. And uh, I remember like big bitch had come through town with the, I forget what band he was with, with the, the bass player from Atari's. And you know, I came came out to the show and, and said hi and hung out with him again. I was like, oh, "This is cool." <laughs> like, yeah. we could, I couldn't have done this in the earlier years, that where I might have said maybe the tours would have been more fun. Like the the fun was different as as it got older. I guess yeah. you know, definitely like the younger years of touring, like the, the debauchery was higher, and then yeah. like the the fun was different when you're a little older and yeah. got. A, like a kid or something where you're like, uh, I'm, I'm just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> not, not looking for trouble anymore. No, no, definitely not. But if trouble comes to me, I mean, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. For a I'm little here. while. For, for a little yeah, while. Yeah, I'm here for a little bit, but then I, I got to go. Then I got to go, yeah. <laughs> I got to tuck Elmo in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> 
shit. So, oh man, favorite tour. I guess I'm gonna go with. Um, we had been out a bunch of times with uh, like the matches us, real big fish, or matches us, uh, Goldfinger, real big fish, and uh, we're really good friends with the guys in the matches, and they, and they were um, a little bit younger than us. Like when we first started touring with them, I think. I think John, the guitar player, wasn't even 18 yet. Like he had gotten oh, wow. a GED and left high school, but they definitely weren't old enough to drink. <laughs> and um, Allegedly. Like we just thought they were <laughs> right legally. Don't, don't incriminate <laughs> yourself, Craig. Don't incriminate yourself. <laughs> but uh, we just, we loved that first record. We thought they were so talented. And uh, I mean, are talented. And uh, so like we took them out on a couple of tours that we had lined and we took them to Japan and uh, on MF, I think it was the MSDB record. And uh, I think that was like, that tour was probably the, the maybe the height of our success over there to where like, we're doing radio shows um, and like radio interviews in between shows. We're doing morning shows on like national TV where they've got us, you know, doing the, the wacky, you know, stuff that you would think is like you, you picture in your mind of Japanese game shows type stuff. Nice. And uh, like we would do, I think we did, we would do like two or three days of just, just interviews and press. And they would split us up into two rooms with, you know, like it would be me and Justin in one room and the other guys in the other room. And we would just two at a time doing interviews for like eight hours. Damn. And it would be like after a night where we got in from the bars at like four or five in the morning and they were waking wow. us up at like eight to go back out. We're like, we're in there cracking beers at like 10. Like we can start drinking, right? It's cool. Like we're just going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get right. Gotta get right. <laughs> and the label's like, just hold it together. Please hold it together. And yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I would say like that was a lot of fun because like we, we got to we got to hang out with friends to take as our openers, and they had just signed to Epitaph, and Epitaph had their distribution in Japan through Sony, um, so it was essentially all the same offices was running their PR too. Nice. Um, so like we got to combine a lot of stuff. We, you know, we got to do some joint things together where it's like it was like two bands being real good friends just being on tour like you know conquering the world sort of that's vibe awesome. of like yeah, having wild. fun um so I, I i think that's what i go with for my my favorite tour nice i agree that was the tour i saw you guys on multiple times but i didn't see anything from the from mfcb or sorry from uh waste of mind or playmate but mfcb i think i saw three tours on that record yeah yeah that's a, good, you guys that's were, a good time yeah you guys were firing on all cylinders for sure it was tight i love that record <laughs> I just, yeah. I just love it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, Greg, what do you think? The tour, the wheel was a good idea. Oh, it was fun. Nate loves the wheel. Right, what, so. what were the ones that didn't um, get called up on? I can, I can read you a couple. Uh, yeah, let's pull it up. Nate, here, let me, let me pull it up real quick. We got. I think Greg's hinting that he wants to do the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He might be. He might be. Patreon. Uh, the Patreon. Name something that you never left home without. Elmo, we know Elmo. That. Yeah, yeah, Elmo. Yeah, biggest difference between touring pre-internet versus with the internet. Uh, <laughs> you got you got something for yeah, that. You got to... <laughs> Sounds like you got something for that. I guess we have to listen. 
Um, I, you know, pre-internet, the thought never crossed my mind. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. someone could be recording that. <laughs> Post-internet, it was like, no, 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 no. Put that camera down. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> That's a great uh, point. Uh, favorite country to tour in? That's a good one. I mean, I, I want to say Japan just because we were so big over there, but like everything about Japan is cool too. Cause I, as a kid growing up, my family had for three years, two years, we had Japanese foreign exchange students. And then at the end of like, when we stopped doing the uh, foreign exchange students, we went over to Japan. I think it was like nine and uh, visited the families of the kids that stayed with us. So I, I already had like this connection to J Japan and the culture and just how, how respectful it, uh, it is over there. Um, the, the pride and everything that they do. And uh, just, it's, it's just a, a, a it's a, a, a different lifestyle and a different way of, of you know, how, how people go about themselves in america like here's the like probably the biggest example i could get that everyone can relate to in america like if you go to a mcdonald's in america it's a fucking shithole right and if you ask for something out of the norm like you be like what no not my job man this is you know what no <laughs> frosting machines closed <laughs> or, or mcflurry machines closed. Yeah, it's broken it's broken yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's probably dirty, you know, and you're like, oh, God, this place sucks. Even if the food were good, the place still sucks. <laughs> um, you go to McDonald's in Japan, like, the place is spotless. Like, yep. they, the people are happy to be working there. Everything is, like, if, like, they're just proud to be there. And, like, it doesn't matter what, what your job is or, like, they, they do it as best they can all the time. I remember, like, they, they wore masks when they were, we were sick. And the first time I saw somebody wearing a mask, I'm like, what's wrong with them? They're like, oh, they have a cold. I'm like, that's why they're wearing a mask. So they don't spread their cold. I'm like, <laughs> yep. oh, well, that was a novel idea. Ahead of the curve on that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first time we went there, um, it, so there, there's like a, on, on the yellow record on All I Need, Ed's got this, the, the intro on the drums is like, when he hits this it, it trigger for an 808 to go off and uh he had forgot the power cable when he packed his stuff to go on tour so he had the, the drum pad but he didn't have the power cable so he was like oh well i guess i guess i'm not hitting the 808 pad for the the you know the hit and uh one of the techs or one of the crew guys at the the venue heard him talking about it and they said oh let me see what what kind of power cable do you need and he looks at it and he's like oh he asks around to see if, they, if there's one in the venue they couldn't find one and it said oh don't worry about it and the venue guy says oh no no we sent a runner to go get one and it was like wow. what no really he's like no no it's, you don't have to and it said how far is the the where's he going to go get it and he said oh it's very close he's taking a two-hour train ride and then he'll be back <laughs> so a band at a venue forgets a power cable and somebody from the venue goes on a train for two hours to a music store that has this power adapter and then takes a two-hour train back before showtime 
trying to picture somebody in America doing that. Wouldn't yeah, happen. right. That just yeah. doesn't you're on your own, buddy. You're, yeah. yeah, you're <laughs> fucked, buddy. <laughs> Remember it next time, Greg. Figure it out. Yeah, figure it out, bro. <laughs> yep. We've had many guests on here, or at least one, Brandon, right? Brandon from Incendiary. Inc- yeah. Incendiary, yeah, that also said Japan is his favorite country to tour. Yep. So for yeah, those dude. for a lot of those same reasons just the politeness the immaculate service the amazing food the amazing culture i mean it's yeah. just like nate, that, nate that's gonna make you feel a little a little bit of pride right yeah yeah i'm half japanese so when every time i go to japan i'm yeah. like ah yes it's a place for rules motherland yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so we had a couple others but let's save them we'll have you back oh, yeah all right we got to say we gotta have you back i mean what's the next one gonna be Nate wanted to do current events, so we might just have you come in and just be the fourth member, the fourth member that night. So we have some cool stories, and, and I'm sure you you'll have you'll have thoughts on on things because you've seen it from that side. Yep. Actually, right. maybe we'll have you to come up with the segment because we're kind of we're not running yeah, out of your ideas. Your yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Wait, you guys. Are, I'm disappointed that you guys had me on for episode 64 and not episode 69. I know. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. What are well, you doing in five weeks? It's not too late. I mean, <laughs> so Greg, you got a point there. <laughs> we were gonna wait till now to ask you. This was actually a tryout to be a full member yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. All There's right. So we got to deliberate. We got to deliberate, <laughs> assess your performance, and then we'll get back in touch. Yeah, we're going to send this up the chain. We'll, we'll have the uh, the trustees of the Party of Slay podcast listen to it. See, see what management thinks. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Were, your, were, your answers, you were your answers PC enough to go mainstream? Yeah. Was there an, was there I don't want to I don't want to get you guys canceled. <laughs> I, I think we're good. I think we're good. Are we viable for sponsorship? Starbucks yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah Starbucks is a place to shit. Starbucks, a place to shit. I was going to say, Marilyn Manson canceled us, but he's already been canceled, yeah, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> he's got his own problems. Yeah, yep. Totally. Oh boy, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap us here. So uh, at Potty of Slave on Twitter and Instagram, email us pottyofslavepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you know, hit us up if you liked this. You like listening to us yeah. talk to Greg. You want us to have Greg on again sooner don't, rather than later? Maybe episode sixty nine. Don't forget do your, your don't forget the uh, the Venmo. Yeah. Oh, and I'm gonna make a Venmo and I'll just post it. I'm just gonna start posting yeah. it at the bottom of all of our social media. You want to kick cash a dollar out. to us? We'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so Greg can get that guitar, goddammit. Yeah, We're gonna right? Buy the guitar. We're gonna start a GoFundMe for Greg to get that guitar. Uh, that was a fun yeah. one, guys. Lots of fun. Awesome. We'll see everyone next week. And Greg, we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Greg. I had a great time as always. Peace, Yeah, this was a this was a blast. Body of slave where nerd dreams come true. Yep. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. <laughs> Cheers.